It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the failed Homo sapien. Chris is still out making some history. And I can't say anything because Jay-Z told me that made men don't make statements. So I'm out here and it just like, no storming. I can't say nothing. But I can tell you it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. When I pluralize things, it's very, very important. So remember that. But today we have Genesis Elijah on the Breaking Atoms podcast, a legend of the UK rap scene, someone who is diverse, well-revered, driven. And uh, we get into kind of UK rap history, his discography, old Brixton, growing up in uh, in, in Brixton, moving to Watford, uh, and growing up in, the, I guess, the crabs in the barrel mentality that has plagued UK artists for such a long time. This is Genesis Elijah, Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's a special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. This is Legendary Settings. We have an MC who is feared, respected all over this land. We're talking someone who's a prophet in their in their hometown, a prophet in the UK, someone whose lyrical dystextry um, can slaughter many MCs across the world. We are talking to the one, the only, Genesis Elijah. Genesis Elijah, how you doing, man? That is a, that is a sick intro, man. <laughs> all off, listen, you think you guys are MCs, isn't it? That's all off the top of the dome. Man, just freestyled that. I, I ain't gonna lie. He, he said dex, dex, he didn't say dexterity properly. Yeah, no, no, okay. no, I know. I have problems. So, it's all right. Have it's all right. Listen, <laughs> man. He was respected anyway. Respected anyway. Yeah, yeah, you know what I meant. No doubt. Yeah, man, of course. Um, but no, listen, appreciate you coming. How are you? How's things? Like, how are you coping? Like, it's mad times. So, it's been a long time since either any of us have seen each other. So, how are you keeping? I've been, I'm good, man. I'm good. Like, I'm not going to say, like, life has been um, amazing on a personal level. Like, mad shit has happened, didn't it? But um, as far as, like, you know what I mean? You still got to be grateful. Like, bare people have been through loads worse. And I'm here. Everyone's healthy. I ain't caught COVID yet. You know I mean, like, can't even be mad at nothing like that, man. You just got to just be, be grateful at this time. I don't have to worry about money over this time. None of that. So my life has been super blessed, man. No, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, before we get into to the music stuff, um, that Mobo thing in the background. Talk to talk mm. to us about that that Mobo plaque in the background right there. That's that's a, that's a new thing. So let's let's talk about. Let's start there before we get into new projects and and work our way backwards. It's a long time coming, man. It's just a, a case of um, I say in this game, yeah, like the industry. Industry is the industry, yeah, and you don't get nothing because you deserve it. Like there's there's way there's so many things that you might deserve that you ain't gonna get. But every now and then, you're going to be put in a position where the stars align and something you kind of deserve comes your way. And that's just one of them things, man, of, of being in a position where I've been here for a long time, man. People know me, they know what I do. And every now and then, some of the people that know me are in are in positions of power that can say, yeah, you know what, bro, come through, man. Like, you you des- you actually deserve this. So the... The partnership so far with the Mobos Unsung, which is basically like, um, it sounds weird to say it for someone who's been an artist for 15 years, but we're longer than that, but it's artist development. Um, and may, maybe not as much as artist development, as much as development development within the industry. There's a lot of things, when, when you're an artist that you don't know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, things that you, should, that you should know to get you forward that you don't know. So you'll be out here, and you'll be looking at the game and you'll be like, wow, everyone's moving bare quick. And you're running as fast as you can. And you're like, well, how do they do that? And you're like, oh, wait, they're on fucking skateboards. Oh, like I mean, but you didn't know that. No one told you. Yeah, and that's how they, that's how they do it. You know what I mean, they've got roller skates on and it's and they're going downhill. You're going uphill. And it's being being able to be in situations with people that know things a bit more than you and go, no, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. That can help you. So that's what that is, man. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, we've been we've been talking nonstop and meeting nonstop with them and um, the, everything I've said, I've been like, "Yo, I want to do this, 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 this." And they'd be like, "Yeah, cool, go for it, man." So, um, hopefully, it's 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 gonna be for we're we're gonna be working together for the for the for this year. So, right. holler at me at the end of this year, man, and I'll t- I'll let you know if it, if it will work. Didn't it? Yeah, no, that's that's good. I mean, you said on was it New Year, New Me? You said uh, they call me a late starter, but I feel like I'm settling in. 
And mm. it's, a, it's a nice position for you to to be at that point where you can mentor, you can help people because that's the thing that you don't get told, right? You know, we grew up listening listening to to rappers, producers talk about their shady contracts and their yep. publishing wasn't right. And, you know, some of our favorite uh, songs don't even go to the artist. They go to some shanky yeah. label here and there. So yeah. to have it, have something like that is, is wonderful to help people, not just on a publishing tip, but just generally how to navigate through this myriad of, of buffoonery that we have uh, in, in different industries, especially here in the UK. Um, yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that uh, new project. Let's talk about new project. Let's talk new project. Because it seems to me uh, like every other week you just drop inside. Like every day I wake up, it's like a new Genesis, Genesis Elijah song. And uh, it's the consistency is mad. And it's a testament to your to artistry. But let's talk about the new project. Mm. Um, so none of, none of you can fuck with me. We're going with that one, yeah? <laughs> I cool. wanted you to say that. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, say 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 what you mean, innit? Sometimes you just need <laughs> direct talking, I guess. Okay. I'm, I'm, because of the way um, that I write and because of just, I'm a very like, um, how can I put it, man? I like to be in the moment in situations. And when I, when, I, when I put albums together and I think of titles and I think of themes, yeah, it's very much, how do I feel right now? Because if I can let you know how I feel right now, then you're gonna you're gonna connect because I guarantee however you feel about something, there's someone else who feels the same way about the same way about that. So when I dropped, um, so 2021, I dropped three three albums. Um, the first one was called Vision. Um, Vision had come right off the back of the last album, which was Blurred. You put them together, Blurred Vision. So Vision drops here, yeah? and what Vision is? Vision is really like the most. Um, radio friendly i would say or the most commercially commercially viable album i'd ever done so it was done with that in mind it was done with it with yo i want to make bangers like i want stuff that i can play in my car that's how it started and then i was like yo who can i get involved in this and i started hollering at people hollered at manga rico dan grim sickers like you know what i mean like people that were that i just people that i like and they're like yo we, we'll do this so we dropped this album and the album dropped and it came out and it was done with, um, co-produced with um, Shapes, right? So we finished this album and we put it out and it did like, I can't lie, it did it did better than any anything else I've ever done as far as like numbers and streams and stuff. But at the same time, it didn't really get like what it should have got. And I, I, I hate to sound entitled, yeah? But it's, what it is, is a case of someone will do something and I'll do something and everyone will be like, oh, that's amazing. I'm like, wait, I just did that shit. Like, like, I really just did that. And you are going crazy over that. It's like, ah, right, whatever. And Shapes must have left me a voice note. And he goes, bro, do you realize that we just made one of the best grime albums, like, of the year? Easy. Like, easy. Track for track, bar for bar, feature for feature. Like, there's only really a couple of albums that can touch that if you want to listen from start to finish, especially with, like, just the themes, the sounds, everything about it. And I was like, raw, like, nah, we really did, like, we really just talking that shit. So... Anyway, we move on. We move in it. So we go to the next project. The next project is um, a prophet in his hometown. Um, if you know the Bible, you kind of know what that 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 phrase means or the the idea of it. And really, it was just a case of me just having um, talking about my life, man. Just kind of taking everything back a little bit and really just trying to make the best music I can make, regardless if it was a banger or it was a slow song. It was really just about the art, the artistry. And we did that. And Shapes was way more involved in that, in this project than he almost was in the last project. And we just went back and forth with what we did. By the time we finished it, we both were looking at each other like, yo, this project is actually nuts. Like, and again, man, it sounds like you're blowing your own trumpet, but it's kind of like, my thing was always this, yo, I'm gonna tell you this, I'm gonna tell you the album's incredible, yeah? But just listen to it one time. If I'm lying, I'm lying, right? So all you've got to do is play it through one time. Everyone I did that to was like, yo, nah, nah, like, I, I see you chatting, but nah, you're really, this is, this is sick. Like, this might be one of my favorite albums of all time. I'm like, that's all I want you to, like, that's cool. That's all I want. Just listen to it, man. It's some good shit. And so we come to the end of that, but we're still not, the, the flowers still ain't there. Like, people still ain't really, you know what I mean? And then I just went, you know what? Like, none of you can fuck with me, man. Like, like, that's the vibe. Like, I don't even care what you say from now on. Like, I've given you, I've given you bangers. I've given you deep stuff. Now I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to do, just do some stuff where I'm just talking, man. I ain't doing no beats. That's whole shape, shapes. I ain't sending you nothing. Like you ain't got to mix this shit. I'm just, 
sampling and rapping over it. Don't act. I, I ain't adding no drums. I ain't mixing nothing. No EQing. I'm just rapping, throwing it out there because I just want you to hear the bars and it's just straight up. And I started doing that and about three or four tracks in, people started taking notice like, yo, what the fuck is this? And the engagement through that, yeah, even though streaming, I can't stream it because obviously all the beats are, I ain't clearing nothing, man. Like, I ain't clearing nothing. That's just what it is. But people were hitting me up like, yo, this is crazy. I want to, like, Tony D's one of my favourite rappers, yeah? And I feel like sometimes as a rapper, maybe it's just me, I kind of write for certain writers. So I'll say a bar and I'm like, if this person gets it, yeah, then that's, you know what I mean? Like, I did that shit. It's like, you're playing basketball at the side and your dad's watching like, yo, I'm gonna bust this movie. And if he goes, yeah, good shot, you'd be like, yeah, all right, cool. Right, so I'm just, I'm, I'm dropping stuff and Tony D's like, yo, bro, what the fuck, man? And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. The ones who are supposed to get it, get it. And that's what I did. I just did that to the end of the year. Dropped the album at the end of it, put them all together and was just like, here it is, man. And it's one of those, it's one of those things. Like, it's just, it's just a fact. It's the truth. I don't care any rapper you want from, from any country, put them on a track with me. We'll go bar for bar and none of you can fuck with me. Like, we, you might keep up with me. I might keep up with you. But the fact of the matter is, take money out of it, take streams, take all that stuff out of it, yeah? When we're talking about what we do, we rap, yeah? We put words together when we we put our heart on the... On, I'm one of the best out here. That's just the fact. And that's all I wanted to say with the album, man, and provoke that thought. And I feel like every rapper should feel the same, man. Like, it's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I mean, I like what you talk about having Tony D almost say, listen, man, what's going on here? Because I think, you know, as MCs, we do want that peer respect. I think not just MCs, if you're a footballer, you want a man mm. on the side to say, yo, that was a sick goal still. You know, I can imagine your Kobe would want the validation or some kind of respect from a Michael Jordan. So it means, it, it does mean something. As much as we love our listeners, we want our peers to say, you're nice. I know, I, I, to- yeah. I totally understand that. Um, were the songs written and recorded um, in like a chronological order? Did you have any in the stash? Nah, not not for that project. Um, they were just coming week by week. So what what I would do is on because I was dropping them every Friday, right? So for those for those who don't know, throughout the year I was dropping a song every week. So every Friday, a two thousand and one, two thousand and one, two thousand twenty one, I dropped a song on a Friday, right? So um, what, the beginning of the year I had a few little ones in the stash that I used, but by the time we got to the middle of the year, I was recording every week. So. Um, which was another reason why when I when I put when I did the last project, I was like, I don't really have the energy to keep making beats every week. Like it's just long for that. Like I would rather just find a sample and rap on it. Cause then what I could do was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I could look for samples. Thursday, I find the like by the time I got hit Thursday, I'd know the one I'm gonna use, rapping it, record that real quick, drop it on a Friday, maybe and do the video with it as well. So the videos I would do. I would get like a film that kind of had that vibe and I would put that together, like, you know what I mean? Chop it all up. And that, I'd do that. Most times I would do that on the Friday that I, that I put the song out. Um, so yeah, nothing was in the stash, man, on that side of things. I was just doing it as as they came along. Um, trying to be in a moment as well. And like stuff would happen and I would be like, no, nah, I want to write about that. So one of the last songs I wrote was Strong One. And... Um, Thursday, so this was on the I, I made that on the Friday that I put it out and me and my missus had an argument during the day, or not an argument but a discussion, and Strong One was really just me I'm just going to say the things I want to say on the song, and then you can hear it and that's how that was done, and that was done with the, she was like, alright, listen we'll go out, we'll go out and have a chat later and I said, alright, cool, sure recorded it, boom, then it was there here, have a listen um, so that's how that was done. And I like things being in the moment because when I, I don't write bars, I just beat and then we start recording. And I, I always want it to be as authentic as possible. And I want that feeling to be real. Um, and I might start with a theme. I might start with a theme, but it might change halfway through and go to something different. So, because it's just how I feel. And I, I, I like that as well. And some t- the listener might not always get that, but it's almost it's almost bigger it's almost to me it's not even about the listener it's about me listening to this project in 20 years time and going rah yeah I remember that man like I remember that feeling and you know what I mean it's, it's way more important for me to just be really honest as I, as I record 
Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. One thing I, I, I wanted to talk to you about was your 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 love for Watford because I know the Watford mm. area really well. I worked there. Oh, for real? Um, I was yeah, I worked on um Clarendon Road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife. So I was down. Yeah, I was down there for a minute, and Watford special to me because it was like I was leaving London. I was going somewhere where I wasn't too familiar. Mm. But it was the best part of my working career being down there because there was a sense of freedom. See. Talk about how the community of of Watford have supported you and how you've kind of brought it together on the hip hop thing. Because I love what you did with the Prophet in his hometown with the Watford colours and you know the football team reaching out to you. It seems like you're someone they get behind. Can you talk about that for me? Um, see, me and Watford always had like a, a love hate relationship because um, I was forced to be in Watford. Like I didn't want to be in Watford. I just ended up in Watford. So my, my the first time I ever came to Watford, there was a, a job fair. I was living in Luton at the time. And um, I think I just finished college or I got kicked out of college. And my dad was like, yo, you need to get a job or, you know what I mean? So I was like, all right, cool. Job fair in Watford, let me come down. And I've turned up in Watford and I've turned up at like the, the wrong station because Watford's got like five stations. I'm at the wrong station in a park in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is this place, man? Some country ass bumpkin place. Like, you know what I mean? Like not feeling it at all. I've gone to the jobs, job fair. Ain't no jobs there. The place is dead. So I'm like, all right, what I do, I'll, I'll just go into the, the Harlequin and, um, you know I mean, I was going to, I think I bought some trainers actually. I bought some basketball trainers and I went there. They didn't have no good shops. Like no, then this was Watford wasn't how it is now. Like Watford now is patterned up here. But back then they had nothing. It was, dead it was like I don't think there was even any black people there like it was mad so yeah I went through and it was like you know what I ain't never coming back to this place again like you know when you double check what it's called what's this place called Watford yeah yeah I ain't never coming here again so I think I think I was 17 at that time and two years later my parents moved to um South Oxy which is literally which is pretty much Watford and I was kind of, I wasn't really living at home at the time, but I was back and forth. But because it was quite close to Harrow, where it was where a lot of my my my, my friend's circle was, so I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to move back home. So that's when I really was like in Watford properly. And um, even over the years, I was never like, you know what I mean? Even when I started rapping, I was never like, yo, Watford. I was like, no, nah, I'm from Brixton originally. That's where you see me most of the time. Brixton's where I rep. So that's where it was. It was never like, yo, shout out Watford. And I didn't even like, the Watford, the Watford man that I knew out here, I wasn't even really cool with him anyway. Like it was just, there was, you know what I mean, I just, there was nothing about Watford I liked. Even when, like, before the before the rap thing was really a thing, and when we were doing road, yeah, like Watford was not the place to do road. Like it was just, it just didn't work out well. Like all the man there were snitches. Like they just, it was a whole different environment. Like the codes that we we kind of had, they didn't have. Like it was just so weird, and I hated everything about Watford. Over the years, as I've grown up and got older, I've kind of met certain, met more people and the area's changed, obviously, and it's just become a place where you're like, nah, do you know what? Like, Watford's cool. And it's so funny because whenever you talk to somebody and you're like, oh, like, uh, Watford, anyone, meet anyone in Watford. Where are you from originally? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm from Grove, innit? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, I'm from, I'm from Harsden. Yeah, yeah, I used to live in South. Like, everybody ended up here. Like, we just ended up here. And it comes to, it gets to a point where you're like, Half of London's here anyway. We're cool, like you know what I mean. It's lit. And then I started just a, a lot of the people around here, um, kind of helped me out and just being cool. And yeah, over the years, you get to a point where you're like, wait, this is my home, man. This is like, this is where I really did most of my growing up. The 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 photo on Depon Road was taken in in Watford. Like that that photo in the front cover was taken literally. Two minutes away from not even two minutes, man. Thirty seconds from where I used to live, um, uh, on Merton Road. So literally in the precinct, that's where it was taken. So it's like it's been there from the start. I just wasn't claiming it. It was like you know what I mean. It was my side kid. Like yeah, nah, that ain't really my. You know what I mean? Like me and his mum don't get onto well. But like now it's just like it's grown up to be a, a strapping young lad, and I'm like yeah, I claim you, bro. Like and that's the way Watford is. Watford is it's come that and when I put the project out I don't think I started um I didn't start with that theme in, in mind like this was going to be a Watford project but slowly as I was I was putting it together like when I dropped him 4am in Watford and this was before I had the idea of even the album I was like there's something there in it and then I started talking to people around the area like yeah now nah, I like what you're doing man I like how you're you know what I mean bringing bringing the man in and you know what I mean and I was like 
okay, this is, it's just natural. Like it wasn't forced. It was like, nah, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be talking about. And this is what I'm supposed to be bigging up. And then having, like you said, the, the football team and um, one of the weirdest things, yeah, which happened to, which has turned out to be one of the most amazing things was I was approached by a Watford football podcast. And they were like, yo, we see what you're doing. We like your album. Do you want to come on a podcast? Now, I'm just thinking it's a podcast. They ain't probably ain't listened to the album. They just see Watford and they want to, you know what I mean? And I kind of ignored it. And I told my wife, I was like, yo, they want me to do the football podcast. And she just bent out laughing, yeah? She's like, you don't know nothing about no football. Like, you know nothing about football. What are you going to say? And I was like, nah, I'm going to do it, you know? Like, so I, I messaged them back, said, yeah, do you know what, man? I, I, I'll do it. And then it turns out that the guys, they're just so, they're super cool, man. They're, they're, they're just man in a minute. Like, and they, they were like, um, we listen to the album. Like, no, no, we really listen to the album. We play it all the time. They're, they're throwing me back bars that I said and references and all that. I'm like, wow, okay. Like, it's not a game. And they were like, yeah, do you want to come to a football match? Have you been before? I'm like, no, nah, I've never been to a football match. They're like, yeah, come, come to the match, man. And then I came and it was wicked. And yeah, it's, it's a lot has come from that. So um, I'm I'm very appreciative of just the the love that I've got back from the, the people that have heard it, and especially people from Watford, obviously. No, dope. I, I love I love Watford. I, I love Watford. I got I got people who I consider extended family up there, and I even bumped into Terra Slim down there as well. Big up Terra Slim. Yeah, big up Terra, bro. Big up Terra. So Jen, if I say Bun Watford, are you going to come for me? I, I have to, bro. I got a, I got a rap for the team, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I, I tell you what. I don't like though. Is that some people are saying London Watford, and I feel nope. away. Yeah, as someone who bought a house in London, it's like, nah, don't, don't, don't take the don't postcode. Try. Don't try it. Don't. You know how much I paid for this joint. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that at all. Like, yeah, they not in London about the prices up here, man. This is that's why people <laughs> is, end up here. That's exactly is it a bit right. like uh, is it a bit like London Gatwick, which is yeah. in Surrey, but it's not in London. Just like that, bro. But then it's again, like it's that. it's twenty minutes on train into Houston. It's quick, yeah, real quick. But I feel that way about Croydon too, though. Me like, too. Yeah, you, you're you're not South London. You're South of London. You know what I mean, wow. be proud of that. Be proud wow. of that. Be proud of it. Like, why you got to beg London for? London is London, isn't it? Like, I, I know what you mean, though, because I'm from Northwest, and I don't claim like West London. Like, we are our own independent state and exactly. border. Do you know what I mean? We have our own laws, isn't it? Northwest London, mm. we're separate. We're separate. Northwest London is a different country. Yeah, don't. don't and South Southville has always been separate, bro. South has always been separate. Chat, exactly. talk, to, talk to me about. One that. time I went to Southall, you know, and I was like, "This is like, you know, like next dimension." It was like something about Mortal Combat, bro. Crazy. Southall's a city within a city within a city. Yeah. It's different. It's different. It's different stories. Laws are different. Vibes different. Everything. I was in Brixton, um, not yesterday, on uh, Saturday, Sunday, and I ain't been Brixton for probably a good like I ain't been Brixton High Street that for a good probably over a year. Yeah, maybe about a year, and um. Yeah, man, the vibes is different. The vibes is not me anymore. I'm just like, eh, no, mm-mm. this ain't for me, man. I'm, I need to be in a country. I need to be away from all this clean like, air and green grass, isn't it? Yeah, mm. like, eh, like, you know what I mean, it's like it's cool. It's cool for a day where you can just roll up and just, you know what I mean. Everyone just we're shooting a video. Yo, we doing shooting a video, bro. We, you good, yeah? Yeah, all right, man. Like, come, actually, now nah, come watch, come in watch. A bit. You know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. and you got the energy. You're not getting that in Watford too much, mm. but. Yeah, and you also I know mean, the old Brixton too, so you you know it's the tale of two cities. Like, I think if you don't 100%. know the old Brixton, Brixton is great. I remember I went to Brixton yeah. just when the gentrification started kicking in. My wife's walking down the street. She pulls out an iPad and starts using it on the street. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is Brixton. Are you mad? Like, And she's like, no, nah, it's changed now. And she just walked along with her iPad. I said, okay, cool. It's different. Never man. used to be like that. I've heard, I've heard many tales. I've seen many things. It's different. And you know, what's, you know what's funny about Brixton is... Every generation has their story about it. So I'm a, I'm a I'm an eighties baby. So really and truly, like the Brixton I know, like really know when I was really in the streets was like the late nineties, early two thousands. So that's when I was an adult in Brixton, seeing the madness. As a kid, you didn't you saw stuff, but you didn't you weren't really in it in it. But my uncles will tell you about like you know what I mean the different time where nah you lot couldn't even really be out here like that. You get me like. Feds were, feds were dealing with you differently. Like one of my one of my dad's friends was telling me that she must have um drove up to Brix, drove to Brix. She went from Brixton, but she drove there and she had to pick something up. And so as she she's parked her car, she's gone to get it. As she's come back, she's seen um them just taking the wheels off her car, and she just <laughs> she just walked past, <laughs> cracked tears falling down her face, just walked past. And that was like that was it. When I was younger, my my neighbor um 
Mr. John, right, was who lived opposite us in our on our flat. Yeah, his wife left him because after the fourth time she got mugged, she was like, "I'm out of here, man." And they were they were immigrants that came from I don't know where they came from, but she was just like, "Yeah," and like, can you can you imagine being mugged four times and on the fourth time you leave? Like, no, from the first from the first time. I'm gone. Like she was like, nah, the fourth time was enough. But that's just how Brixton was back then, man. Mm. Yeah, I had family yeah. down there that I didn't visit. <laughs> that, this is I don't like this, you know, bro. Because you're from Northwest. Yeah, yeah but you know so this. I'll, 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 ex- I'll explain. I'll explain. You see, when when your your danger is your danger. I grew up around danger. Yeah. I was used to. So when yeah. when my friends from East, like K Knight, he hates Halsden. He cuts off Halsden all the time. But it's home to me, so I'm used yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. When I went to South London, I never forget. I was in Peckham one time when um. And someone just walked past me goes, yeah, you're not from here. And just walked off. <laughs> I said, all right. I said, all right. I'm not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I said, all right. I'm cool. I'm cool. See, see, Northwest to me at first, when I was a, when I was a bit younger, Northwest was a no-go. Like you couldn't even really just roll through there. One of the first times I ever went there willingly was when we shot the video for Jar Bless. It didn't even come out. And we must have turned up at one of the, one of the estates, um, near, one of them near Stonebridge. And it was when they were knocking it down. I saw a lot of the places were empty. So we must have turned up to start shooting our video. Man then came about 30 deep down like, yo, it, on the bikes, yo, 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 what's going on? It looked, it looked like a K-Coke video. Like it was nuts. Like they just surrounded us. And it was like, but it was love though. It was cool. It was cool. But even then it was still like, it could be something different. You get me? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know this area. But it wasn't until I started working. I used to work for the um, the railways. I worked for the train station. So I worked in at Wilsden Junction and I worked at Wembley. Oh, you was in Hazel the mix. Hill. Yeah. So that from then, it was different because you're seeing everyone come through all the time. Yeah. Right? So you get to know people and you get to know who's who. You make those connections. And then, yeah, it was, I used to go, I used to go Faisal's, get my hair cut. That's, that was my spot for, I don't know, man. For forever. Look at like, look at that. My nephew gets his hair cut there now, and Faisal came to my primary school like in the mid nineties and did art with us because he went to my primary school. So you see, it's, it's mad, mad connections, mad connections. I was just there last mad. week. Yeah, yeah. Big see, up that was my spot. Big him up, man. For real. Big up Creeper as well. Creeper was was that one of the other guys. He was my the B barber, but like those were the times. So that was when my daughter was like just born. Those were the times because that was when I just so my daughter was born. Now I'm in I'm in I'm in Watford. And at the time, I didn't have a barber. Like, um, my boy D was important. This is important. Yeah, so D, I think, um, big up D from Watford. He was he was here, but I didn't know him. My, my brother knew him, but I didn't know him. And I didn't really trust no Luton man, uh, no Watford man like that anyway, innit? So I was like, what's the closest place where people are going to be? And then I think it was, um, it, it's probably, it was probably Braids, man. He told me, yeah, come here, innit? And then that was the, <laughs> that was the spot, bruv. And I used to go there every every other week or whatever. Take my daughter in the buggy up them stairs, yeah, like them you know them stairs, crystal oh, mates type things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, yeah, days, yeah. Krypton factor. And I, yeah, <laughs> that was. And yeah, I mean, my daughter's about to be eighteen next week, and that was I was pushing her buggy then. So as a while wow. ago, yeah. crazy. Um, let's talk about age, bracing forty mm. on um. On a fall at forty, you 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 said I'll read it. Uh, I jumped in the I jumped into the scene feet first. I've been in it so long that my knees hurt. Mm. And this is the thing that gets me because I'm a digital marketing guy. Now it's also now it's all SEO and keywords. But I was on the street when you did street teams to do street work. Yeah. So talk to us about you know being forty, being of that class, evolving. Not only you know you just talked about your daughter's going to be eighteen, yeah. evolving as a as a as a as a parent, human. But also as an MC and and the change you've seen and and, and it's it's great to be at this age, right? The things that you've learned, the life experience you've gone through. Talk to us about the evolution of Genesis Elijah. The goal is to get old, isn't it? Like bare people ain't here, especially especially over the over years that we've seen, we're seeing people just drop left, right, and center. So the idea of of being old should be celebrated. Um, it's something that in the entertainment industry is not celebrated. It's a, it's a hindrance, especially in hip hop, hip hop. Um, and when I say hip hop, I don't mean like real hip hop. I think in real hip hop, we don't really watch age like that. Um, if anything, elder statesmen are respected for, for, for reaching a certain level and still being cold. Like there's, there's no one in, in real hip hop land who's going to talk down on Black Thought ever. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the, you know what I mean? All the, all the guys, Royce the 5'9", um, 
Jay-Z, all these guys. I think there's a, there's a slight difference, though, that I will, I will say. If you haven't made it and you're not successful and you're at that age doing, doing hip-hop, then you're looked at in a slightly off way. And again, it shouldn't be that way. Um, but again, that's, that might be a slightly different issue. Uh, my experience of getting older in this game has been a, it's been a good one only because of what I've made of it. So I've made a conscious effort to let you know how old I am for the past six years. I've been dropping songs on my birthday, letting you know I'm, I'm getting older in this game and this is what I've been up to and this is how I feel and it's not something I'm hiding. Um, and I feel like it, it's... You gotta be a pioneer in some in some elements, man. And you got and you need to let people know now nah, it's cool to get old, you know. Like it's cool to get old. And this idea of yo, rap's a young man's sport. Um, no, it's not. Like the, the hip-hop energy, I feel like hip-hop energy is always gonna be like youth, youthful. And but the youth are gonna come with a different, they're gonna bring different vibes and they're gonna create their own thing every time. We'll still embrace it as hip hop. We'll still embrace. I embrace grime as hip hop. People are like, nah, grime ain't hip hop. I don't care. All right, whatever. Have that argument. Me personally, I embrace it as hip hop. I embrace drill as hip hop. I embrace all of that as hip hop. It's a new, it's new energy to what we're building. Um, part of the problem is if you, if every time someone comes with something new, and you say no, that's something different. All we're doing is building lots of different little houses. Now nah, we're supposed to have a mansion. Build that. Now nah, it's an extension, bruv. That's a conservatory. Actually, no, make that a brick. That's a that's a next part of the building. And now we have a bigger building. This whole thing of of, of always being separate. No, you're something different. Now nah, your drill, your lo-fi, your boom bap, your this, your that. Now nah, you gotta come together and be like, it's cool. Like we can all be different, but we're all part of the same thing. Um, and as as I get older, that's the way I see things. As I get older, I, I I still have that that hunger of, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to kill the mic, but I'm just not as I'm just not in competition as much with anybody anymore. Like I said, none of you can fuck with me, so there's no competition. I'm just doing my thing in it. Like that that is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm ranting, man. But I think just getting older, I feel like there's 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 this space, man. There's space. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to shy away from you should lean into what you think is an insecurity or weakness. And that's all I've done. And I'll continue to do that. And I tell people do that all the time. Like, what's the thing about you that you think is the insecurity? Because that's what's going to make you different. That's, again, like I said before, there's going to be something you that you talk about that someone else is going to relate to. I've, had, I've always had grey hair, man. I've, I've had grey hair since I was a kid. And when I was, when I was little, little, they would take the piss out of me. Like, oh, man's got grey hair. Now, I can't go a day without, yo, how you get your hair like that, man? What is that? Hi, wait, is that that? Did you die like that? That's cold. No, bruv. That's God did that. You know what I mean? Like, as long as your wife likes way. it, just don't listen to no one. Yeah. Your, your wife needs to like <laughs> exactly. it. And she's and she been liking it. You get me? So <laughs> it's like, and do you know what, actually? That statement is, is, is really real, yeah? As long as your wife likes it. As long as your people, your people are your people. What do, they appreciate who you are. So don't worry about what anyone else does. And, the fact of the matter is, man, if you if you have that confidence in yourself, people are gonna be like, all right, cool, I like that too, man. Mm. Because that's we're just we're attracted to confidence. We like that. We yeah, that's the part that we see. Like we don't Beyonce ain't really looking at Jay-Z like, oh my god, you're the most good looking man in the world. Nah, she's looking at him like, nah, do you know what? You're that dude. Like you're, you know what I mean? You really doing your thing. Yeah. So you can roll with roll with a B. Yeah. I like what you say about leaning into insecurity. Um mm. I've been struggling personally. Let me have a, a moment. I'm approaching mm. 40. Yeah. And I've been thinking, damn, I'm going to be 40. And mm. I said to myself, you know what, Chris? Embrace that. So yeah. I went into the studio and I did a song called No Country for Old Heads. <laughs> Just about getting old. I talk about spraying lavender on my pillow, how I put events on a calendar. I got no patience. I'm staying in the mm. house. And the song came and I was like, you know what? Push that button harder. Like, because, you know, where we come from, we're now OGs. Yeah. Like we have people that didn't make it to 16, that didn't make it to 18 yeah. and 21. So I love what you yeah. say about, you know, leaning into your insecurity because insecurity can definitely be turned into a superpower. I love that. 
and if you look at it from a marketing point of view, like you only need like the one percent of of people to feel what you're saying, and all of a sudden you got your platinum artist, right? Mm. There's people that feel what you're saying. Mm. Like I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna feel that track here way more than I'm gonna feel. Yo, I'm riding around with these girls in my car. Like what? You didn't mean you're riding around with girls in what car? Like not in my car, bro. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, so there's gonna be people that feel feel a certain way, and it's funny because like these young artists they'll spit bars to me and they'll say things and I'll be like yeah I like I, I like what you're saying but none of what you're saying I could I want to relate to I remember doing it I remember being it but no not for me man I'm cool we ain't leaving till six in them no six in them are you mad nah, bruv. At 11 bruv like, I need my eight hours I said that on the song too I need my eight hours and that's and that's it and it's like so why you're gonna people are gonna relate to that way more and I feel like I I kind of tapped into that early like I tapped into that around private moments in public. So that's like 2014, because around that time, bearing in mind, this is almost 10 years ago, yeah? But I remember being 28. I remember being 28 and feeling like I was too old to rap at 28. So that's nuts because I'm wave. You know what I mean? I'm, I've, I've gone surpass that. And I, I, didn't, I didn't get any, I was broke until like 35. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I weren't doing, I was doing what I was doing, but it didn't hit. Like I never would have been on Wembley stage. I never would have done none of that if I had been like, yeah, when I hit 30, I'm going to stop. Stop for who? Stop for what? Like we, we keep putting these arbitrary these arbitrary barriers in our way and deciding that these these timelines mean things and whatever. My my, my missus, yeah, when we were driving the other day and she goes, oh, do you know what, man? I wish I was 40 this year because um I could have had a better party because last year we didn't have no party. And we, I'm like... Who's telling you you can't do that at forty one? Like, where's the? No, it's got to be the round. What are you talking about? It's milestones. Yeah, we we yeah we are the the constructs of society are centered around specific milestones. Yeah, and it's, and we can only celebrate those because of that. But actually, we can break those rules. We there's there, these rules are they were there. They were bro- they broke something else. They broke other rules to, make Maybe, yeah, to set yeah, these yeah. rules in the place. Mm. So you can do the exact same thing now. And I think I think the thing about you that's I guess has sustained your. Your longevity was going to be a question later, so we'll just answer it. I'll answer it for you now. Is authenticity? I think you've always remained authentic to who you are, and in your mu- and your music represents that. You're not trying to be anyone different. I think that's the re- relatability because we're in a world, especially now, where we can see when people are being. I mean, that's always been the case, but because of the advent of clout chasers and people searching for fame and that 15 minutes or that that viral tweet, people are becoming very disingenuous. So now to be authentic, to be who, to be someone like, you know, who you are, it resonates more now because there's so much of that other noise, right? And that's, that's important. That's important right now. So it's good to get older. It's really good to get older. And, um, you know, that, that's, that it's authenticity. Man. Yeah, great here, gang. Standard. Yeah. Day, bro. Yeah. From day. I found a, I found a great chest head the other day. Wow. Wow. Different, bro. Come on, man! You got cat. You're Jen, man. I'm younger than you. Got to catch up, bro. <laughs> my, my grandma told me as a youth, though, because I think I had grey hairs when I was twelve, and See. she said that means you're gonna you're gonna have money and have wisdom. I had I got yeah. the wisdom. The money ain't there yet, though. The money ain't there yet. Not yet. I, I got. Yeah, they told me a whole bunch of stuff. You know the ones that they're like trying to like trying to when you're young and you're like, oh, I got grey hair, and um, yeah, yes, means you means you're wise. I'm like, is it okay? All right, whatever. I didn't want it, but they tried to make yeah, you feel man. nice, innit? I mean, yeah, you know, that's it, man. Good intentions, but they lied. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, I did have this question, and I wasn't going to ask it, but now we're going to ask it, right? So, uh, I am obviously it's well documented who I am. Failed Homo Sapien. You guys are MCs, but from a, a peer group of, of, I guess, the same class, right? That kind of class year generation. Um, the UK scene, like many others across the world, have people who disrupt and try to, I guess, you know, cause factions and and cause disruption between each other and where you're coming from where you guys have come from you're trying to get out of those out of those situations get out of your creativity make music make money and live a happy life um and i think what i want to say is it's very important that we're here today not just because we're alive and we made it past 16 18 whatever but we made it through all that bullshit because that bullshit of getting blacklisted, that bullshit of he said, she said, that bullshit of don't work with that person because they did this to me on this record and all this, this guilty by association shit that I I, I faced as a, a blogger, right? I faced that as a blogger. I know someone, so they won't fuck with me because I know them. What the fuck's that? What's that got to do with me? I don't give a crap. I, I just woke up one morning. 
you know so but for you guys it's different because there's an art to what you guys do and i think one of the one of the biggest shames i biggest regrets or shames i have is that generation your class is that there wasn't that as much of a camaraderie as there could have been because they would have been great for that scene to have blown up because there were some, ta- you got some talented mofos in that class. They was too busy trying to fight each other. And I know that because I was some, sometimes the one trying to burn those, like, yo, calm that fire, calm that fire. I'm that guy. And I, it, to me, it's just one of the greatest shames of that generation, that age where couldn't get along because of some bullshit, some old label. De- and DJs too, they got to take some fucking blame too. It's not just the MCs or the producers. You damn DJs got to take some blame for this shit too. And as we get older we're talking about age and I like talked about growing older some bullshit man I don't understand it bro people holding a grudge look for me people holding a grudge on me for 12 13 years and I don't even know why okay all right, all right, all right. this is you know what I feel like I'm a, I'm a good person to, to have this conversation with you because um there's there's a lot there's there's a few little things you kind of have to, to preface before you even get into that so um the the school or the class that I'm in here of when I came out as an as an artist so let's we, we talk about um that 2002 to 2005 era of like maybe I mean maybe 2006 bring some of them in there yeah of guys who came out was in a scene but there's a there's a problem because what happened was before that you were dealing with guys who really um even if they didn't know the business they had to come through you someone who did know the business so even if we talk about um Rodney P and if, if we we go um to um London Posse right um you're in an environment where you're around people who really do business you're signing proper contracts you're you're doing things the correct way yeah you're in the music industry and things are done a certain way that's how you do it so there's that generation. And then for some reason, when we started, it kind of stopped. It got to the point where we just, we, we'd see what they had done. The, the, the game was, was the, the, everything was rising and we just wanted to be part of it. So when we were making music, there was never a time where we stopped and went, yo, um, what's the splits on this going to be? Like, we didn't care. We were just like, yo, uh, record that shit. I remember my first 12 was just like, uh, yeah, we want to we want to put out a single with you. Okay, cool. Here's the track. Like, you know what I mean? I I wasn't talking about oh, what's my advance going to be or any of that. I didn't care. What you're going to make a vinyl with me? I'm going to get a video. Oh yeah, sick. Like that's how we came into the game, and a lot of us were on that. Way more of us than should have been. So there's a generation of of rappers whose business wasn't really right, like wasn't correct. So that's kind of like the the foundation where you find us. It gets it gets better further down. If you came out in 2008, 2009, you're in the social media era. Like you're in the, you're you're way more in control of what you do and your output. The 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 barrier um of entry is way down. You can record yourself now. So again, those guys came in from a different way. But our, our scene was just very much um we're the lost boys man. We were just like it was the wild west. We were just doing it for ourselves. That's cool. But like you said, there's a lot of things that came in with the the, the fussing, the fighting, the, the infighting, all that kind of shit. Like you said, oh, yo, people got beef with me from 12 years ago. People, It's the same with me. This is the difference, yeah? My thing now is I don't, I don't respect none of you. I don't care about any of you. I don't care if you made a big track 20 years ago, all that kind of stuff. As an, as an artist, I'll be like, yeah, cool, you've made a good song. But as a human being, I don't even care about you enough for you to ever be an issue to me. Unless I know you. If I know you as a person and you're a cool person, that's why I fuck with you. That's it. Like, so it, this we, we used to kind of have this, this back and forth with people where someone will say something and because they were a good rapper, you would be like, oh, I'm just going to allow them a minute. They can get away with saying, you can't do that to me anymore. I've, and I've had this like over the last couple of years, where people have said some crazy shit and I've been like, you're a fucking loser, bro. And they do, they wouldn't expect it from me because they're like, what? I'm so-and-so. I made a, I'm a good, I don't care if you rap. Like, go look after your kids, you waste, man. Like, don't even, you can't even, and and part of the problem, yeah, we came in the game, like I said, we were just happy to be here. We were happy to be around certain people and we were happy to this, oh, because you, because you made a good song, you can get away with anything. No, you can't. 
because you made a good song, I should just respect you. No, I won't. I don't respect you. Like, it's, it's not, a, I don't care about your streams. That's not the thing. Like, who are you as a person? And I feel like the more you kind of find yourself into that space, less of this shit bothers you. Less of this shit means anything to you. It doesn't matter. I can offend anybody for two reasons. The first reason is none of them are, are none of them are saying nothing to me to my face. Like I've I've had some of the most heated arguments on Facebook. Seen man at shows. Yeah, Jen, safe man, cool, cool, cool. Of course it's cool, because it can't be anything else. I swear to God, it can't be anything else but cool. Because if it's not cool, it's a problem and it's nothing to do with rap. It's nothing to do with music. Off, 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 off topic, not mentioning names, the situation we spoke about, um, and, and it was going back and forth. The phone conversation was nothing like the conversation online. The phone conversation was, you know what I do. If this is what you want, let's do it. That's it. Like, and, and again, that's some childish shit. If you want to go there, we can go there. But most people don't. Most people are like, you know what? Yeah, fuck that. It's not even that, it's not even that deep. It's not that serious, man. Like, I don't really, none of us care enough about that stuff. Cool. Then leave it at that. That's it. Like, it can, it can only be, it has to be just, we're human beings, man. We're people. We got kids. We got yards. We got, we're really, we're really making money out here. Like, it's a whole different thing. It's not about, like, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be. So a lot of these guys, again, man, I'm being, I'm being respectful. I'm not mentioning names and stuff, but we've had, we've had conversations, we've had DMs where it's been just, bro, watch how you talk to me, man. I know you think because it's we, we rap, and part of the problem is because we rap, we kind of feel like we're. We, we, we work together. It's almost like we work in... Yeah, right. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Wait, you're, it's like a peer, a peer group, an unofficial peer group. What? No, no, I'm not you. Like, I'm... That's and, and again, it don't just go one way. It goes two ways. There's certain people that I can't just talk to anyway. Like, what? Are you mad? I can't just... What? Because um, who... who let's, let's think... Let's talk about gigs. We t- if, if gigs does certain, yeah, because I, me and gigs both rap, you think I can call gigs and go, yo, gigs, you should do the da 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 What's Giggs gonna say? Bro, you know people and I know people. You know what those people do, yeah? Is this way you wanna go with it? What am I gonna say? Nah, I'm cool, bruv. Just shut the fuck up then. Don't do it in the first place. Be respectful. Like, it's about people as, it's not about the rap stuff. It's about people, man. People are like real human beings and that's how it should be should be kept. And yeah, there's, there's way too much people bringing up things from years ago and stuff. And it's just like, listen, I don't care about none of that. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like, who are you as a person? That's all I respect. I don't care about the the yeah. the, the bars and shit like that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It definitely is a, a respect thing. I think sometimes, I don't know, like, I, I try to, I sometimes give some thought to it, not all the time, because I'm not, I'm not being eloquent right now, but sometimes it's like, because we're put in a certain, or those people are being put into a certain situation, there's certain insecurities that arise, mix that with their pride and ego, and then it manifests like that. And and it's really, it's really because of the six, the circumstances they've put in, or the jealousy, the envy they see of someone else, and then it manifests in a in a very terrible way to a point where you can butt heads on things when really you're not really supposed to be butting. It's, it's things like that. So some of it is just like the contracts of that, but. Um, I'm I'm fed up of it, man. That there was such a that the group you that class that group that peer group that age group, man. Some so much talent in there still is not that there isn't, but like I just wish that it would be more together. It would be um, cool. I, there's, there's there's a lot of people that I wish I I wish I could have worked with and I could have done what I wanted to do with these people, but kind of being left out in the cold really helped me because what um what it did was after so. One of the one of the big things that kind of changed a lot of stuff was the um the task force beef. That was like a really big thing, yeah. And it's not a big thing in as well as like like a hip hop beef thing. Like no one really cared, and it squ- it was squashed before everyone even heard about it, yeah. But what it did was it meant that there was a lot of people that didn't really want to work with me at that time. So when we're talking about two thousand and six, seven, eight, nine, I'm still kind of in that that bubble where there weren't too many people shouting me to do certain things because it was like, oh, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if it is beef or whatever. And at the time, I was kind of like, ah, it is what it is. And I just, I, just, I just stuck to myself and just did my own thing. And that really helped because what it meant was by the time I got to a place where I didn't need anyone, 
I knew who the, I knew who I could like work with and who I could be cool with. You know what I mean? And like in the relationships I have, the relationships I have with um with rappers in this game, none of them are fake. None of them are like, oh, I'm cool with you just because you make music. Like I said, it's about the people. Nah, you're you you were cool with me when no one else was cool with me. That's why people was always like, oh, how come you're always doing stuff with trickster in there, man? Like, there was a time here yeah, where Trickstar and Late were the only people that would shout me to be on stuff. And this is when I was when I was like, I don't think I'm even gonna do music anymore. So 2005, six albums are out, the CDs are out, but I'm not making any new music because no one's really like fucking me like that. So I'm just selling stuff, I'm selling what I have, but no one's really calling me for stuff. And I'm just I'm just like, I might even not even do this because I'm not that 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 black bull thing was is was really a thing. No one's really messing with me. Luckily for me, the internet happened. Oh, now you can't stop anything. Now it's, it's too late. Like when I said, when, when 2009, I'm doing it. No stopping right now. Like, pardon me before you get knocked out of the way. That was me in my bag. Just like, yo, do you know what? Oh shit, I don't need anybody. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I can, I can do this myself. And even being to a point of me not being a big artist now, like I don't see myself as a, as a, um, uh, industry darling or a big like if you do the the top 10 UK rappers a lot of time my name ain't gonna pop up on that list yeah but that's that's cool with me because I figured out like how to I figured out how to survive in the cold yeah you you became self-sufficient 100%. Um, and then realized and you realized okay these are the people I want to mess with and these are my vibes and I figured out how to make it work I figured out how to make it work like how do you eat how do you eat when you can't go through that door I'm an independent artist let, yo, again, man, I put it on 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 lives. Yeah, you can't mention an independent artist in my in my position that made a hundred grand off music. These guys ain't doing that. I'm doing it in a pandemic. How is that happening? Because I figured out, yo, do you know what? There's there's different ways. There's different avenues. Now these guys weren't really doing the, the adverts. They weren't doing the voiceover stuff. Like I, I had to find my way because a lot of stuff that they get, I don't get. So it's like, alright, cool, man. If you if you ain't gonna if I can't figure out how to eat where you eat, I'm gonna figure out where they make the food. Like if you ain't giving me the money, I'm I'm going to the bank myself. Like so, that's what I've had to do. And and I say that to anybody, regardless of what you do, it's really about figuring out really what you do because you don't need anybody else. And it's just and once you find that, you're dangerous, man. And then they come back. Then it's then it's then it's back. Then it's fucking mobos and shit because then it's like facts. Now you're valuable. Now you're now now you're valuable. You're the bag. You're the bag. You're always going to be the bag. But a lot of times people don't realize that because we're too focused on trying to get to the table. We're trying to get with these people, and and not understanding. I mean, these these. One day I wish I, I'm going to write a book, but one day I wish people could just see the conversations I have with labels, and when they when they tell you, yo, um, all right, what we're going to do? We can offer you thirty grand for for an album. Who the fuck are you talking to? Thirty grand. Get out of my face. You can't offer me that money. What? And I'm gonna pay you back? No, man. Let's let's put let's let's get out fucking NatWest apps and put our fucking our shit out and we see what we got in our accounts. That's what I'm talking about. Like you ain't you can't talk to me in those sort of ways anymore. I've been out here for too long. I've been eating for too long. I know mm. how the game works. Mm. Like it's different yeah. over here, bro. Yeah, no, I, listen, that resonates, uh, well, obviously not the, you know, I, my bank account's not like yours, but what, <laughs> what, re, what resonates with me is, so from a, I guess, journalist, whatever, right? So who I am to people, including friends of mine and whatever, is I'm the person people come to if they need something. Yeah. Right? I'm the the dot connector. Oh, I need this. I need, that's what people come to me for. People hail yeah. me up to see mostly how I am. How you are. They, they hail me up and they've always have been, even since the Hip Hop Chronicle yeah. days, they hail me up to basically go, how are you doing, man? But they want to keep me cool because they know what I can do for them. 100%. Because I came, I came in myself, strong-armed yeah. the, the, strong the, that area and made money from it. I was making grand a month. I was making what, I would make what a salary job would be, like 30, 40K a year. I was making from blogging at a point. Then yeah. I saw the money start drying up. I was like, I need to get a mortgage. I'm out of this bitch. Yeah. And then went to do my own thing and, you know, whatever, whatever. But since I've been, and maybe because it's my personality, I'm very helpful. Mm. What I find is, People really, genuinely, most people only help. Like you can hear it in their voice, bruv. You can hear it in their voice and they call you. They just want, it's, it's the prelude to what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. me, 
where I got to with it is while it does annoy me and it, you know, whatever, whatever, but and that's on off days, whatever. What I realized is I can still do what I want to do and do yep. it well. So if I want to go be a blogger and know nothing and know no website stuff from scratch, bro, I didn't know how to do BCC on an email back in 2008. I didn't know what BCC <laughs> meant. I used to get I used to get shouted at by two dope boys. I say, yo, BCC, your shit. I was like, what's BCC? <laughs> right? Man's giving out all the email addresses. Man's giving out all the email. <laughs> this is true stories. True stories. Shaking them. Yeah. Used to berate me like, yo, bro, why are you putting out emails out there? You put everyone. I, like, I don't know. Right. I went from BCC yeah. to I know how to code shit. To okay, now I I made money from a blog thing. To oh, I mm. now can transition to be head of digital, yeah. and make that money. Now okay, cool. Oh, now I want to now I want to do some audio shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this now. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's beautiful though. But but what I will say is is like, I know what you mean about people, bro. Like I, I and, it, and 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 being on your own sometimes you can sense things. And music and I've always said this in the podcast before. Music industry is a, uh, it's like a degree a fast track degree in people, people management, people skills, yeah. everything. Right. And you could just see it, bruv. Bruv, I tell you this right. My close friends I've known for a long time. They once, that is what I can do for them. But, but do you know what though? They won't stop my money. Nah, but then uh, to me, that's always like, that's the part that, that's cool, man. That's cool. Cause I feel like that's the way, that's just the way people are here. Yeah? And it, it, it comes down to kind of like how, you understanding that that's that's a value in itself, isn't it? So you're always gonna be able to eat off that. You're always gonna be able to. Those connections are cool. And I think one of the the big things I've learned about um just the idea of what networking is. Like I always used to. The reason why I always state myself to myself is because I when people were saying, "Oh, you got a network," and I'd be like, "I don't want to do none of that shit. I don't want to hang with none of these these goofy fucking guys. I want to do that shit." And again, that's a that's a that's a um, a flaw in itself. With me, like thinking, "Oh man, all these guys are dickheads." It's kind of like it was. It's really my insecurity of going. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to move with these guys. And it's funny because I'm the kind of person that they'll be like, "Oh, can you go to this this uh, industry this industry event?" I'll be like, "I'm trying to go to this fucking industry event." Nah, man, just just come through for a little bit, and I'll go with and I'll be like, "Oh shit, these people are kind of cool, man." Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, we, we say, make sure you get my number. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, man. We'll go like, like you get to a point where you're like, "Oh no, nah, it's not even about that. It's just how if you can just be." A cool person on the on the none of you can fuck me album. Um, I take a, a soundbite from the movie Eighty Blocks from Tiffany, and they're talking to this guy called Hollywood, coolest fucking guy in the fucking world. And the guy says to him, "How do you get money?" And he goes, "Just being cool, just being cool." And I swear that shit changed my life. <laughs> but like, because it because it because what it did it it kind of it put it all in in one sentence. It's like right. You can get so far in whatever industry you're in by just not being a dickhead. Just being just yeah. like being yourself. And when you're when you're networking, when you're trying to fake yourself to be um to be nice to get something from someone, everybody can feel it. Like you're never mm. fooling anyone. And what they do, they just move further back. There's one thing in sales. When I sold CDs in the street, well, it's, it's all sales, right? And one of the things you learn is well, it's two things you learn, but one of the important things you learn is everybody hates being sold to, but everyone loves buying shit. So you got to figure out where's that balance? Because no one wants to like, and you know, when someone calls you up, hi, someone called me the other day um, about getting a new car. I'm in the market for a new car. I want a new car. Him trying to sell me a new car still made me go, bro, I ain't doing it like this, man. Right. I'm going to come see you. Cool. Now, he if he, he's smart. He know, he, He's a car salesman. He knows what to do. He said, bro, that's cool, man. You know what's family. Didn't push nothing. Just left it chilled. That's how you want it. That's how you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah, yeah. in this game. It's like um, I'm I'm kind of put, moving on to another thing. With obviously still doing music, I'm moving into more TV stuff. Yes. And I'm I'm like I'm nowhere. I'm 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 Genesis when I started getting into music in 2001. I, I don't know anybody. I know nothing. And I'm in a position where I need these connections. And how I'm getting the connections is not by going, yo, hi, how you doing, man? Like yo, trying to. I'm just. Yo, this is what I'm doing. If you can help, then cool, man. We'll meet up, we'll talk. And you know I mean, just being just being honest about the intention. Like, bro, I have nothing to offer you. You have everything to offer me. If if you think we can work and it's, it's worth your time, I'll be appreciative, man. And that's as far as I can go. I want to, um, this is the last question I'm personally going to ask. Uh, I realize that we have a, a historical link, another one. I know you okay. were playing basketball for a yeah. while. So was I. I had a coach by the name of Jimmy Rogers. The legend, man. Came to my school. 
and he clearly said, listen, I could be in the country teaching white kids how to play basketball for a lot more money, but I'm here teaching you guys. And he put us through like a basketball boot camp. Um, talk about Jimmy Rogers, his impact on your life and why he's a legend in basketball. Jimmy Rogers, yeah. Um, I don't think, to do, it's funny as well, yeah, because like I said, I was in Brixton um, last couple of days ago. And there's, there's no time when I walk through Brixton High Street and don't think about Jimmy Rogers. The one time he made us carry a TV from his yard to the wreck because we had to watch this, this Michael Jordan video or something. We had to carry a video from his house. A big, them big TVs, we had to carry them big TVs. With the back up off. Them, across the road, up them. Yeah, it was mad. And um, Jimmy Rogers is like, I think when you're, when you're young, yeah, um, obviously I grew up with my dad. So my dad's a, ver a very strong figure in my life. But at the same time, you don't always listen to your parents because your parents are your parents, man. You're just, you're just used to them. Jimmy Rogers was the, that person. It's him and another one of my other basketball coaches, Sylvester Jacobs, him as well. But these are like men who were, to me, were so tough. Like, were just hard people. Like, Jimmy Rogers was one of them people who, to, to me, I was, like, when, 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 when he passed, when he died, it was one of them ones that was like, nah, don't, he, can't, he can't die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's one of them people that, if he's ill, he'd just tell him, get away from me, man. And he'd be like, he, the illness would just leave him. Because Jimmy <laughs> Rogers was that dude, yeah? And when I first saw, when I first went to Brixton, the only reason I started playing for Brixton was because I didn't make it into London Towers. So London Towers were like, nah, you ain't making it. But they were like, why don't you try for Brixton? Brixton was cool because they were like, you don't, you ain't got to try out. You can just play here, innit? So you might not play the game, but you can play here. So when I first came, I had a lot to prove. And he was a hard, harsh person. Yes. He used to call me Luton. He called me Luton. Luton, because that's where I was living at the time. So it'd be Luton. Luton, come on. You're not going fast enough. Right? And he just, you know what I mean? Like, he'd be on your case. But then there'd be moments, yeah, where he would just sit you down and he'd, he'd break down a lesson, which was really about basketball, but it was about life as well. And that those are the things that really stuck with me. It, I was taught, funny enough, man, literally, talking to my wife in the same conversation when she was going on about her 40th birthday. I was telling her about the time where we went to play, we went to play basketball in, where was it, man? Canterbury or somewhere. And I'm sitting with Jimmy Rogers and he's telling me about growing up in all white areas, about, about being attacked by a group of guys beat, that beat him up. And he was like, um, yeah, man, there was like five, six of them, jumped me, whatever. And he was like, but I gave one of them a terrible time. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, they got me, man, but I got them. And like, just, it's kind of like a person who is so tough, but at the same time, man, he's a carer. Like he's, he's a person who he's trying to look after everybody, man. He had like love in his heart. Mm. And because, because he's tough, he's going to look after everyone and he's going to be himself anywhere on the planet. You put him anywhere on the planet. And he's going to be himself and he's going to be respected. And um, to me, that was the biggest lesson, man. Basketball came and went. But the things that, just him, just watching him, how he was and, and how, pe how people would respect him, how he would, how, he would, um, how he would get respect is something that will always, will always stick with you, man. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jimmy Rogers. Good guy. Rest in peace. Jimmy he made Rogers, us do man. squats around the entire basketball court. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I'm like, why is this man doing this, man? Torture. 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 Yeah. The first man. time I went to camp, the first time I did basketball camp in the summer in Brixton, um, the like the first two, three days, I would go to camp. We would play, I think we'd, we'd practice for maybe, I think it's like three hours um, or maybe four hours. I would come home and just sleep until I woke up and do it again. I could not do anything else. Like, and then by the end of it, we was we would do the three four hours, then we would go and play. Like the conditioning was so crazy. nuts, yeah, crazy. And after that, man, I swear to this day, I, you know what? Actually, mum's life, yeah. I didn't have any muscles, yeah, until I did that first camp. I remember, yeah, beating the wreck, right? I remember beating the wreck and heck, taking my t shirt off and going, "Rah, man's got a little little satin satin," you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I think I was like sixteen at the time. I'm like, "Rah, man's got a little," you know what I mean? And that was that was that summer, that summer where we were doing. Uh, push-ups, um, press-ups, running, like, drills. Squats. 
didn't even crazy. know what they were called at the time. He just like it was all mad. It was all mad. <laughs> yeah, love to that guy, yeah, man. Love definitely. to Jimmy Rogers. Thank you. Well, let's leave it on that uplifting note. Um, because he sounds like that's that's people like that. Um, they help a generation of of young individuals come through. You know that that conditioning that um how to be and how to act you take little bits from like the like you were just saying about how he used to be so tough and how he used to just persevere that sort of stuff that 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 projects onto you 100%. and you take that and so I, th- I think that's really important so um but listen we've really appreciated your yeah, time me too. um you i don't know if you said this off air or on here so we're gonna say it anyway you said something about no one gives you your flowers but we're here to do that that's what we're here to do um thank you man and it's you know i remember seeing you on tv as a young kid and like, I was like, yo, it's like, yo, Genesis. And you know, it's, I've always said this to you. Like, it's always been, it's always bugged me out that you're Genesis Elijah and I get to talk to Genesis Elijah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That always bugs me out because, you know, you're young and you see that. And then you, you see who you are as a person. That's a wonderful thing. And I think that, you know, it's great you're doing the mobile song. And I think you're, you know, one of the perfect people to be doing that. Um, we want more music in your own time. Keep giving us your creativity. Keep getting old, grace, gracefully. Um, and yeah, man, whatever you need, just let us know when we appreciate you, man. You know, you know, you know, you already know I copped the project. You already know man. I copped the project. I saw, I saw the email. So. I saw it come through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you know already mean? know. I, it's, it's important to support. So it's, now it's, we, a, it's we, appreciated, man. It's really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent, bro. But now all, all the best, bro. You're a legend, bro. And, uh, this is this is important for for people across the world who listen to this podcast, especially in the states and Canada and all those places, to understand who you are and recognize how we recognize you. So much love to you, bro. Word. I'll just say, let me throw that back at you guys, man, because I, I feel like um, a lot of the the stories don't get um, documented enough. Um, and I mean, like, there's a lot of MCs that a lot of MCs that do get love, but the stuff that you lot are doing doing is really important because. What you're doing is you're you're um, shedding light on a lot of artists who don't really get that light or even get that time to 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 um, contextualize the albums, the stuff they say on record. Like, yeah, you can hear someone on the beat, but what do they say off the beat? How are they? And um, the stuff that you do allowing allowing guys to guys and girls to get that is is amazing, man. So thank you guys. Peace to Jen once again. Very good brother. Someone who's always challenging himself, his fans. And uh, I admire, I very much admire his consistency. Uh, I remember when we spoke to Papoose, and Papoose was like, yo, who should I be checking out in the UK? Chris immediately said, Genesis Elijah. And it's important that we we revere our, our legends, uh, not only just in, in the States, but also here in the UK. We have a lot of talent here that we're showcasing. Uh, and I hope some of you guys, especially international listeners, um, really, really get to to know some of these artists and their music. But speaking of the listeners, I don't do this very often on my own, so I should take this note to, to say thank you to all of you. We love you, man. We appreciate you, whether you're, you know, cooped up in a room because of COVID or on your daily walk, driving to or from work, shopping, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing right now where you're listening to us, thank you. We can't forget you. And sometimes I forget it. So thank you, because without your ears, your support, your feedback, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be successful and we wouldn't be putting out this content for you. So thank you to each and every one of you. You can follow us at Break the Atoms, Twitter and Instagram. Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic. Mine's is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We'll be back next week with yet another episode. But until then, peace. Peace.